my daughter had a uh, had a band competition today, and um, it was in uh, Albertville, Alabama, which is by Sand Mountain. Sand Mountain is where all the snake handling churches are. Oh, God. <laughs> so I read a book. There was a UAB professor that lit, that uh, wrote a book about 20 years ago called Salvation on Sand Mountain that was all about the snake handling. Hold on a second. My daughter just walked in. What? She's got a python for you. <laughs> Blanket. Here. Take it. Okay. Fortunately, oh, python bites only hurt a lot. Yeah, <laughs> actually, no. Pythons aren't venomous; they constrict, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but they, they do have they, teeth, though. They pack a they good bite. Teeth. Yeah. I remember when I was uh, about sixteen or seventeen. Uh, my brother and I went into this pet shop, and the the owner had this big python out of the cage, and you know we were like, "Oh, cool!" And I asked how big the big the snake was. And this dumbass goes, well, let's find out. And he, he puts the python down on the floor. He says, okay, these floor tiles are one foot square. And he starts at the snake's tail. And he goes, one. And he's, you know, he's straightening the snake out and laying it along the tiles. He gets one, yeah. two. He gets about halfway up the snake, and the snake gets really fed up with it and just whips around and bites the shit out of his hand. Oh, man. <laughs> And I had never seen anything move that fast before. And I, you know, was, you you, you don't think about constrictors being biters, but it left this perfect oval of little bleeding teeth marks in the guy's hand. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean and with me tonight is Rick. Rick, how are you tonight? I'm great. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. And uh, and also with us tonight is Anthony. Anthony, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. Oh, no problem. Got a lot of stuff that I wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah, let's do the news. Uh, first uh, uh, news, of course, uh, Alan Rickman passed away this week. Mm, yeah. Know. And, uh, that was a, that was a surprise when I saw the story because I, I, I did not even know that he was ill. I didn't know that he had, that he had cancer. I, I missed that. But he's one of those actors that has, he's done a lot and you forget that he never even really started making films until he was in his forties. And he's made, he, he's got some iconic roles. I mean, People my age remember him best as uh, Hans Gruber from Die Hard because he was the number two guy in that movie, but he completely overshadowed the number one actor, mm-hmm. you know, with with his with his portrayal. And then he's he's made so many other things since then. Of course, uh, people that are younger are going to remember him best as Professor Snape from uh, the Harry Potter films. But you know, Galaxy Quest. Dogma, you know, you can name 
you can go on all night naming films that we love that Alan Rickman was in, but yeah, gone in at Die the Hard. age of sixty nine. Yeah, in Die Hard, uh, he actually has some of my favorite lines, and it actually kind of goes against um, something I might say a little bit later in the show. But like, he was the villain, but he had some laughs uh, in yeah. that film. I mean, maybe they weren't like you know big laugh out loud ones, but they were kind of a uh, like when he's on the radio and they're reading the demands and he's reading about all these smaller terrorist groups that he wants freed from prisons and things. And the, uh, the one guy gives him this look like who, yeah. and he kind of goes off radio and he's like heard about him on 60 minutes or, or whatever it was. I mean, just stuff <laughs> yeah. like that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Loved him in loved him in die hard. Uh, yeah. also, uh, you know, he was one of the saving, the few saving graces of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, yeah. <laughs> God, uh, <laughs> don't get me started on Kevin Costner. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he will always, the, the one, two punch in 1999 of Dogma and then a few months later, Galaxy Quest. Um, so. He'll always be the Metatron and Dr. Lazarus slash Alexander Dane to me. Yeah. Yeah, and he's also he's one of those actors that he was a classy actor, but you know, he he, he did some roles that some people probably might have thought it was uh questionable as far as, you know, a serious actor doing things like that, but he pulled them off. He did a really good job with them and you know, as Professor Snape, one thing that I thought about the other day um, what kind of an example did he set for some of the uh, actors in the, in those films that may turn out to be some of the biggest actors in Hollywood later because they were so young, you know, and he was able to set an example for them starring in eight films with them. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was, um, have either of you guys ever heard of the sitcom Undateable? Uh, is that like- no. On currently, yeah, it's a, it's on currently. It comes on Friday nights, and it stars uh, Chris. I don't, let me if I pronounce his last name correctly. Chris Delia and Delia. Uh, Brent. Okay, and Brent Morin. Yeah, he used to be on Whitney, and um, basically, it's it's just your regular run of the mill sitcom. It's about a guy that owns a bar and. You know, in Detroit, and he's got all these friends that hang out with him, and the, all the actors on the show are like stand-up comedians, and they're they've been friends before they ever started doing this show together. And what they did in the last season was they stopped doing a regular sitcom format, and they started doing every episode live. And um, it's actually pretty funny. It's a, it's it's an entertaining show. But the reason I brought it up was because I was watching it last week, and there was a scene where uh Chris's character, which I can't remember his, the name of his character on the show, but he's sitting in a movie theater full of people, and he said, are you guys ready to see the new Star... Okay, first of all, let me warn my listeners, uh, uh, spoiler alert. But uh, he said, are you guys ready for the new Star Wars film? And everybody says, yeah. And he, and he just says, Han Solo dies. No. You know, So it's uh, it's only been... Well, now it's been a month since the film came out. So, is that okay? No, <laughs> you know? I know that's an thought, incredible. They thought that it was funny to to put a big spoiler like that right on primetime TV. But is is it okay 
just because it's been three weeks and you assume that everyone that wants to see it has seen it, is it okay to spoil something that big on TV like that? No. No. Yeah, I yeah. think that, that's a little in bad taste. Yeah, I, and I thought, you know, if it was a film that had been in the theater and was out of the theater, it might be different, but, you know... There's a lot of people that haven't gotten to see it yet. I didn't get to see it when I wanted to see it. I had to wait a week, you know. And if someone had spoiled it, I'd have been pissed. And what we live in the generation of instant gratification where, you know, the internet has kind of ruined us and made things all, you know, instantaneous. Yeah. He also spoiled uh, uh, becoming a murderer at the in the same show. Oh, well, I have which, no interest in that. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, still people, not cool. I've watched a few of them. I mean, they're in, they're they're okay if you like um, if you I, I like just... if you like like investigation, discovery kind of stuff, and Dateline when they analyze all these court cases and stuff, you might like it. But well, I will someday. But I just right now, like I'm saying, right now is in you know the last two or three weeks that I've heard about this. I just, I'm so busy and I just don't want to get sucked into something that's going to depress me like that. So, uh, I've actually been watching I'll yeah. Have What Phil's Having. Have you guys heard of that? No. Oh, so I'll be quick. Phil Rosenthal, um, the guy who I believe he was created or he wrote a lot of every, everybody loves Raymond episodes. Uh, very Jewish guy. Basically, he goes around to different cities and he tries the food and, um, I guess kind of like in the, the spirit of those like shows on the Food Network where the, the traveling food shows and whatnot, but it is it is so funny. And some of the food he has is so decadent. Yeah. Like he was at this restaurant in Tokyo and it was served on a slab of wood and he could hear birds and he's like, well, I hear I hear birds, but there's no birds on the plate. What is that? And they pointed to this little cylinder look like a piece of wood and they said that's a speaker that has a live feed out in the forest so they had a <laughs> mic set up in the forest that was doing a live feed of bird sounds that he was hearing as he was eating <laughs> but yeah that sounds expensive <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah but it's just it's pretty entertaining i would check it out and it's one of those yeah. things where you know it's that's kind of the opposite of making a murder where it's just going to kind of lift your spirits and uh not make you all depressed. Yeah. Well, I just thought that the, uh, the, this, the spoiler on undateable, you know, is it came out of nowhere. If I had not seen the movie, I probably would have been mad. And that, and there were some people on some of the message boards online that were pretty mad about it. A lot of people thought it was funny. It was mostly people that have seen the movie, mm -hmm. but yeah, you know, there's been people that have been, that have completely stayed off Facebook since star Wars came out to try and, not be uh spoiled and then you can't even turn on tv without some guy thinking it's funny to, <laughs> to tell you that han solo gets killed in this movie yeah i think that they were probably doing that to kind of get more eyeballs on them and to uh draw more people to the show and get more press and attention could be because they probably figured well nobody's doing this let us you know take a jump and do it and maybe we'll yeah. get more more uh viewers out of it yeah well, I think it's also a matter of, you know, if you look at the current political uh, environment and who is dominating 
the the campaign situation right now. We've we've kind of entered the age of the asshole, if you'll pardon my French. Um, and can y'all hear me? Yeah, you you cut out for a second, but I can hear okay. you now. Um, and it, it seems to. I mean, yes, there's there's been this kind of overly politically correct uh, environment for the last you know five or six years where you can't say anything without offending somebody. And I understand we're kind of getting a bit of a backswing away from that, but there's too far. <laughs> yeah, I and that. that is way too far. All right, we'll move into our main topic, which is basically just we're going to talk about um, – I'm not going to say we're going to talk about all of the films that are coming out in 2016, but a lot of them. Uh, the way I thought I'd do this is I made a list of – some of what I think are going to be the, the big draws and I've got them in order of release date. And so I'll go through this list. We'll talk about uh, all these. And if there's any that you guys wanted to talk about after we do that, then we'll, then we'll do that. So, uh, but I kind of skipped January because January's, you know, we've got two weeks left in January. There what it doesn't look like there's anything huge coming out in the next couple of weeks. I went to uh, February. The next one that I'm kind of interested in, um, is Hail Caesar with uh, Josh Brolin, George Clooney, a bunch of others, Scarlett Johansson, Chain Tatum, directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Looks like a fun movie. It, Cohen Brothers make some strange comedies, you know, like they made Old Brother Where Art Thou, which was based on the Odyssey, <laughs> you know, and they made uh, The Lady Killers with Tom Hanks a while back. Uh, you, you guys have, have heard of this, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, um, you know, Big Lebowski yeah. is one of my favorite movies. Uh, Fargo, pretty, pretty high up there too. Um, the only thing that I'm worried about this though is it's actually PG-13. Um, I mean, I, I just, maybe if it had an R rating, I would feel a little more comfortable, but I'm gonna kinda go in, uh, with bated breath a little bit because, you know, PG-13 release for something like this for a comedy, um, you know, I don't want them to hold back to have that rating. Plus, what fourteen-year-olds are going to be going to see this movie? Like thirteen, yeah, fourteen-year-olds. I, I think the um, the PG thirteen might have been because they made the Lady Killers a few years ago, and it was an R. And I don't think it did as well as some of their others. But and like, they, that may be why Lebowski and Fargo there are the the thing that the. The reason the PG-13 doesn't bother me, I think this movie looks like it's either going to be a lot of fun or be cringeworthy. I'm not sure. I don't think there's going to be much middle ground for it. Um, I'm hoping for a lot of fun. I think it looks great. Uh, the, if the PG-13 just comes naturally as it, this is the way the film was written and the, the MPAA went, okay, that's PG-13 then I think that's that's not going to be a problem. If they purposely went for the PG-13, then I could see it being an issue where they're they're pulling punches and stuff. It was good it, it is good to see uh George Clooney doing something. I haven't seen I haven't seen George Clooney in a while. Of course, of course I didn't watch Tomorrowland. The last thing I saw George Clooney in was that Bill Murray Christmas special. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't do much in that either. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who thought the director of the Virgin Suicides could direct a Christmas special. I hated that thing. Yeah, it was it was strange. Rick, did you watch that? I did not. Uh, it 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 never. 
I never got that far. Um, yeah. I, to be, uh, I, I love George Clooney. And so I'm really hoping this movie is fun. It looks very meta, very, uh, very self-aware. Uh, so I, I think it should be a blast. And, you know, Scarlett Johansson, what I really need yeah. no other prompt. Yeah. And like I said, it, <laughs> the way, the way the film looks, the, 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 the way the film looks, the color of it and everything kind of reminds me of Oh brother, where art thou? And, uh, that that movie, I think that movie is great. I've seen that movie probably fifteen times, and um, George Clooney was hilarious in that movie. You know, so uh, if it's anything like that, you know, I'll probably be a fan of it. <laughs> I will be seeing it. I'll probably be going to see it by myself, but I will be going to see Hell Caesar. Okay. Well, the next one that comes out also in February is uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It's going to have uh, Lily James from Downton Abbey and Matt Smith, of course, from Doctor Who, Lena Headey from Game of Thrones. And, you know, this idea that they've done over the last few years of mixing classic literature with horror themes, you know, has been kind of big. You know, they did the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter a couple of years ago. This movie, the the trailer is kind of weird because it looks like it looks like it is completely a film version of Pride and Prejudice, but it also looks like it's completely a zombie movie because it looks like they went all out in both directions. You know, it, it, it doesn't remind me of some B movie where you've got uh, uh, the costumes look like costumes; they don't look like actual, you know, uh, outfits from the day and the sets and all that kind of stuff. And then you turn around and there's zombies in there and they're killing them. And it's like they're, it's like they're taking themselves seriously on both notes. They want to be this and they want to be that at the same time. So, um, I, I think that, uh, with this movie, I'm going to wait and hear what people I trust have to say about it. Uh, I was unsure about Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter, and then after it was out for a little while, because you know, part of the problem is I have an 18-year-old with Asperger's and a four-year-old in the house. So we don't get to go to many movies. So we have to be very choosy about what we actually make the effort to go see in the cinema. And so like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter back before we had kids would probably have been a movie we'd have gone to see just for the hell of it. But when it came out, the buzz was very lukewarm. And so we just didn't bother. Uh, this one I'm kind of in the same boat about, especially because I'm so absolutely sick to death of zombies. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, if I hear it's awesome, then we'll go see it. Or if my wife tells me she really wants to see it, we'll go see it. But if the if the buzz when it comes out is meh, I'll wait for Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I ser I seriously doubt that I'll go see it in the theater. I'll probably wait until it comes to. Google Play or iTunes or something like that and rent it. Yeah, my um, wife, she wants to see it, so I think I'm going to get uh, dragged into this one. But as somebody <laughs> who is a huge zombie fan, but let me back up for a second. There was actually a low-budget um, Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies film that came out. Uh, um, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was awful. <laughs> it, it was. The only saving grace of it was the how they ended it. With the whole John Wilkes Booth thing, yeah, yeah, I did think that was uh, kind of 
Yeah, other than that, it was all terrible. But, you know, as somebody who... It was made by that... I don't mean to interrupt you, but it was made by that um, company that makes makes all those uh, what they call mockbusters. Basically, they started in the 90s. Yeah, they're called mockbusters because what they do... They started in the 90s, and the name of the company is Asylum Films. And... uh, what they did was, and this is back when video stores were big, when Blockbuster was still around. When a big Blockbuster film would come out, they would make a film that kind of had the same idea, but had a title that was really similar. And the idea was to get that film right next to the big film in the video store so that people would come in and they'd be, oh, they're completely out of copies of Transformers. I can't get that. But they do have Transmorphers right next to it. I guess I'll watch that instead, you know. And they made these films like Transmorphers. They made a film called uh, um, The Day the Earth Stopped. They made a film called uh, Snakes on a Train. You know, a bunch of stuff like that. And they're god-awful movies. They're B-movies, basically. But... uh but yeah, it's Asylum Films, and they and when Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter came out, they came out with one called Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies, and they filmed the entire thing at at, at an old um, Civil War fort, kind of like what we we have Fort Morgan here in Alabama down in uh, Mobile, and uh, they just went down there and they filmed the whole thing down there, running around in this old fort because they didn't really have to pay a lot for sets. You know, they just had the they had to have somebody dressed up as Abraham Lincoln and a bunch of people dressed up as zombies, a few soldiers. And you and you know you've got a film, and it was it was pretty much terrible. But <laughs> can can you imagine the uh, that actor for Abe Lincoln where it's like, all right, today or this week you're not going to be going to speak to the third graders. You know they're learning about history in Gettysburg. <laughs> you're going to be doing a zombie movie. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah was, as, was, as somebody bad. who is a, a big fan of George Romero and all of the older, more classic zombie movies, even back to White Zombie with uh, Bela Lugosi, um, part of me wants to cringe that they're kind of like part of me cringed at Zombieland that they're making fun of my beloved genre. But I like Zombieland and I'll give this one a fair shot and I'll probably get dragged to the theater and I'll probably be smiling on the way out. Um it looks like they have a pretty nice budget to, you know, have it be a little effect heavy and have a, you know, have it look nice and have them be able to kind of do gags that will look right. Um, you know, have nice special effects and things like that. But yeah, I'll be going to see it. I'm, I'm, I'm predicting I'll be going to see it. I'm not going to raise my hand saying, let's go see it, but I think we're going to get dragged <laughs> to it. Yeah. But speaking of zombie well, movies, the, uh... check it out. Sorry, um, there's a film called okay. The Returned. It was on Netflix. I just checked, and my internet's being slow because we're recording, so uh, I'm not going to do that right now. But The Returned, I think it's from 2013 or 14. Um, that is your thinking man zombie movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of uh, like if you're 13 and you're playing Call of Duty with zombies and all, it's not for you. But uh, it's it's very good, very suspenseful. Uh, I enjoyed it very much, and the cinematography is beautiful. All right, but yeah, check that one out. The um, 
the next uh, film that comes out in February, I guess this will be the big one for February, is Deadpool with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Marina Baccarin. And um, we've talked about it a couple of times on the show, but this is not... Uh, it's a it's a Marvel movie, but it's not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a uh, it's part of the X Men franchise. It's owned by Fox. But first R rated superhero movie that we've had in a while, and it looks it looks pretty funny. Um, given the history of Ryan Reynolds in uh, superhero movies, it's a it's a gamble, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with uh, 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 Green Lantern and all. But uh, uh, you guys uh, looking forward to that one? More than life itself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm. You know, It'll be nice to have a superhero movie that's not that's not a, a Disneyfied superhero story. You know. Yeah, I will give you that. Well, the thing is, I am I am not a comic book reader. I never have been. Uh, so I've been able to enjoy these superhero movies for the most part, just on their own merit, and not on how well they follow the stories. Or, or the origins or stuff like that. Uh, and I had never even heard of Deadpool before that god awful Wolverine Origins came out. Uh, and I pretty much only know about him via internet memes. But just watching the trailers have been such a hoot. I just think the movie's yeah. going to be a blast. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I didn't, I didn't read a ton of comics when I was a kid. I did read some. But I didn't, and I was more of a DC guy. I like Superman and Batman. Batman was really my favorite. Um, I didn't read, I, I hardly read any Marvel because the universe was just so big, you know, that you had to, you had to be one of these guys that would have to keep going and buying comics every week. And, and my allowance didn't allow that, <laughs> you know, by the, by the time I was reading comics, they weren't 10 or 15 cents a piece. They were, you know, a buck 95 a piece. So. I couldn't afford that that many of them. So a lot of these stories that we're seeing in these films now, I didn't read the comic version of when they when they came out. But I I do like the um, you know I've been watching Jessica Jones and uh, Daredevil on Netflix, and those those stories are a little darker than the a Iron little? Man and Captain America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that we're that we're getting in the films, but. You know, also this movie is made by Fox and not Disney, so Fox is going. They're they're willing to do a lot of stuff that Disney's not really willing to do. So you know, there's a guy at work that's always arguing that you know, make a superhero film that's for the adults. You know, don't worry about whether or not kids are going to come see it because there are adults that'll come see it. You know, and you know, this is 2016. If the kids want to see it they'll f- find a way to see it anyways <laughs> but yeah i'm looking forward to that one the uh the poster that came up when i looked up the information for it when i was getting ready for the show was had me laughing out loud because it was it was like deadpool in his costume like taking a high school photo or something <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like the uh, kind of like the cover that they used for the forty year old virgin with Steve Carell, where he's where he's posing there, but you oh, know, Deadpool, yeah. Deadpool in his full costume. <laughs> yeah, this one seems like uh, definitely go see it in the theater and have that communal experience with uh, the audience. You know, it's it doesn't seem like it's going to be the same if you're watching it by yourself on DVD at home. 
You know, yeah. it seems like there's going to be a lot of really big yeah. laughs, and that uh, in the theater, it's really going to add to all that experience of it. And uh, that's how you should see it. I only just recently realized that Marina Bakarin was in it. Um, I I adore her uh, ever since Firefly. But uh, Scott, did you ever hear uh, Scott? Shit, sorry. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> that's what I get for doing two podcasts in one day. Um, Sean, did you hear the interview I did with her on the Starbase? You cut out the, the interview you did with Marine Bar- did, Barack and back on the. Yeah, I, re- on the, I remember on the you doing that. Yeah, yeah I, do, I remember um, that. Not my finest moment because I was I was just so flustered talking to her. It just I think it went terribly. But uh, she was an absolute sweetheart to talk to, and uh, I'm really really looking forward to her getting back. You know, after after V went to hell. Um, so, well, yeah, I think when you when you talked to her was about the it was before she started making V, I believe she had just started. So, yeah. Um, She'd probably be pretty hard to get a hold of now, <laughs> you know, with the stuff that she's done since then. But <laughs> well, I, she wasn't easy to get before. The only reason I was able to get to her is that uh, my colleague, uh, one of our acting teachers where I work, uh, went to college with her. Oh, okay. And he he managed to get her to agree to talk to us for a few minutes. Um, otherwise, that'd never have happened. <laughs> oh yeah, that was cool. I, I, yeah, I remember when it came out. I, I would have been probably pretty starstruck talking to someone as uh, as as big as with a, as big of a name as her too. But um, the next uh, the next film that I put on the list comes out in March, and uh, London has fallen. Uh, yes. Did either, so the, so you uh, Rick did did you see uh, White House Down? Was it called no, no, Wasn't no, it White House Down? Fall- was no no no. Hang on hang on hang on. They did. It was Olympus, Olympus is falling. That's right. And then they had White House Down. Yeah. It was released like two, like right about at the same time, and they were about the same yeah. thing. So it's totally that's why I'm like, getting mixed up. Yeah, Olympus yeah. is falling. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, the, Rick, did you ever see that film? Uh, I haven't seen either of those actually. Okay, <laughs> Olympus has fallen is kind of like uh, Under Siege, it, but the White House. Yeah, it reminded me of Die Hard back when Die Hard was good. <laughs> you, you know, before they started doing this live free and die hard stuff. But, uh, basically, uh, some terrorists, uh, take over the White House. And, uh, you know, it, it's up to one guy to s- save everybody. But, uh, London Has Fallen is the sequel. And, it, of course, they're moving the action to England. It's got, uh, Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman. And I'm looking forward to it. I don't know a lot about, you know, what it's going to be about, um, what the plot is and everything, but, I really enjoyed Olympus has fallen, so I'm I'm looking forward to this one. I wonder who the terrorists are going to be because I think it was the North Koreans in the uh, the first one. Um, I'm looking at the uh, list here and I can't really tell, but yeah, the first one was really good. There was only one moment in it that I kind of cringed at a little bit, but other than that, it was a solid action movie and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, the whole time I was watching, I was like, "This is this is Die Hard in the White House," you know. I've been really disappointed with what they've done with Die Hard recently, and they're making another one. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I've, you know, I, I I think I've I think I'm done with Die Hard, just because the last two uh, have disappointed me so much. I felt like the last one I wasted my money going to watch it. 
Yeah, the um, one where uh, the Kevin Smith had the cameo in it as that computer hacker. That was uh, Live Free and Die Hard. That was the fourth yeah. one. Yeah. I stopped there. That made the... Yeah. Well, yeah, that was a good place to stop. And that one wasn't... I mean, that one wasn't terrible compared to the last one. The last one was called Live Free, Die Hard. And it was... It was awful because it, it didn't even it didn't even feel like you were watching a Die Hard movie. You know, it it just felt like some random movie. They and they just, which it was, I believe it was a script that was supposed to be something else, and they didn't make that movie, so they decided to turn it into a Die Hard movie and put Bruce Willis in it, which is basically how some of the other Die Hard movies came about. But this time they did it really poorly. <laughs> so. But yeah, I think I'm done with that series. So maybe if this, maybe if the uh, Olympus uh, Olympus has fallen, London has fallen. Maybe if that's turning into a series, maybe it'll be an action series that uh, I can get into and and follow in the future. But um, well, they, but, they very well could do that because like we have what three Taken movies now. Yeah, yeah, Although, and they're all you good. Know, you know, yeah. they're not they're not ter- I mean, they're not wonderful. You know, the first one, nothing's ever going to live up to. It's original, you know, but all the Taken movies, I I think they're all good movies. You know, they've got their faults. Everything's got its faults. You know, Star Wars 7 had its faults, but, you know, that doesn't mean it's not a great movie or a good movie, you know. But the the big film that comes out in March after that, of course, is uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. You know, that's the one that everybody, I think, is waiting on that's probably the big one that everybody's waiting on for as far as the spring. Um, arguably the biggest film coming out in 2016 because it's mm. just been, it's been so hyped up, you know? I think, uh, there's one other that, that might be a little bigger, but yeah. 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 Well, um, this is, you know, Ben Affleck got a lot of heat when he was cast as Batman. Not unfairly. So, because they hadn't even seen him in costume yet, and they were already saying, he can't be Batman. Why can't he be Batman? You know, if Val Kilmer can be Batman... <laughs> I, you know. Hey, if Michael Keaton can be Batman, which... True. I hey. love that movie, but he was still the... the, the I mean, he did, and he did as great a job as Michael Keaton could do, but I, he was an awesome Bruce Wayne. I never yeah. bought him as Batman. He's just too little. Yeah. <laughs> And they tried to make him look bigger. If you're, if your actor that you picked to be the hero, you have to try and make him look bigger, then you picked the wrong actor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there was a lot of, there were a lot of guys that could have played that role back then, but you know, it was what it was. But, yeah. um, there's been a lot of people that's played Batman since then that, uh, you know, George Clooney wasn't a great Batman. No, uh, I, I disagree with you. George, George Clooney, Clooney was an awesome Batman who got the worst Go script. The Batman with nipples. Oh, did you not get any of that? Yeah, you cut out. You cut it. C- Clooney had the potential; could have been the best Batman ever, but he got the worst movie. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It wasn't. It wasn't his fault. It was uh, Schumacher's fault. Schumacher, yeah. Because well, that, that that movie he he wanted to make a cartoon. He didn't want to make a a real movie. You know, he wanted to turn it into a toy commercial <laughs> yeah um by the same token i think that uh george lazenby is a close second to sean connery for best james bond but you know i mean pierce Brosnan. and everybody seems to remember him or daniel craig because they're more recent 
Um, but yeah. it could be that Lazenby just didn't get a fair shake. And, you know, he had the, the, I mean, for those that don't know, Austin Powers was based on Lazenby's bond with the ruffled shirt and crushed velvet suit and all that. So yeah. maybe he just got a bad deal. Oh yeah. He got a terrible deal <laughs> because, uh, Everybody looks back on Batman and Robin and, and and looks at George Clooney as being the worst Batman, and he wasn't. You know, he just he he wasn't given a good film to play Batman in. If he played Batman in the film that came before that, Batman Forever, which Batman Forever wasn't a great Batman movie, but it was a whole lot better than Batman and Robin. You know, uh, they might they might have made a couple more Batman movies before handing it over to. Uh, Christian Bale, but well, uh, maybe when but I Michael think, uh, Caine wants. I was going to say, um, you know, maybe he can play Alfred someday when he ages into that role. Yeah, well, I think that um, this version of Batman is going to be pretty good because he's supposed to be older. He's supposed to be more like the Batman from uh, the Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, was it the Dark Knight Rises, the comic book? Um, Dark Knight Returns. That was about Batman after yeah. he had retired for a, a while and stuff. And and he's supposed to be a Batman that things have happened to, you know. This is not his origin story. This is Batman's been around for a while, you know. He's he's uh he's 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 gone through some stuff, you know. They even sh- in the commercial in the uh trailer you see Robin's uh costume in one of the cases that are in the uh in the Batcave which looks like it may be um was it Tim or Jason that um that was the Robin that the Joker killed um looks like it may be from that story so he's lost some people and uh he's looking at this uh this new Superman guy that's come from another planet and destroyed M- Metropolis during his fight with General Zod and destroyed uh one of his buildings one of his uh, Wayne Enterprise buildings, and you know he's not taken too kindly to somebody coming from another planet and wrecking everything. Well, I tell you what, I'm. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello? Yeah. yeah. Hello. Okay. There you are. What What I'm really looking forward to in this movie is Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Because this the from the trailer, uh, it, it, I've seen it several times in the theaters now, uh, and. Every time that that giant energy bubble dissipates, and then you see her just stand up from behind the shield, I just get goosebumps. Yeah, and she, um, me and John talked about before that DC. I'm looking forward to that too, but I feel like DC is kind of skipping over some stuff. You know, I feel like uh, they're trying to fast forward to that Justice League movie a little quickly which i may be wrong when i see the film i may think it's great and i I don't have a problem with wonder woman being in the film i don't have a problem with who's playing wonder woman i just wonder if it's going to be too much because it also came out this week that um bizarro superman may also be in this film and they've already we already know lex Luthor's going to be in the film or lex Luthor jr don't know which one uh and doomsday so this film may there may be a lot going on. <laughs> you know who's playing Lex Luthor? Lex Luthor, uh, 
So Jesse Eisenberg is playing Lex Luthor, but in one of the, I think on the IMDb page or Wikipedia one, they actually credit him as being Lex Luthor Jr., which in the comics, I did read these comics back in the 90s. Uh, Lex Luthor, the original version, bald-headed version that we remember from a long time ago, uh, he wore a kryptonite ring on his finger that was supposed to keep Superman away from him. And that ring gave him enough radiation poisoning to where he was terminal. He was going to die. So he cloned himself and, and then he faked his own death. Well, he didn't fake his own death. He actually did kill himself in like a spectacular plane crash and everything. But his clone, they had downloaded his consciousness into this clone and he came out and claimed to be the illegitimate son of Lex Luthor, and he was Lex Luthor Jr. And in the comic, had a big red beard, big red full mane of hair, big strapping muscles, and everything, and and and, a, and an Australian accent. And uh, but it was it was essentially Lex Luthor just in a new body. So I don't know if that's what they're doing in this or not. Time will tell. We'll just have to wait until we see the movie, I guess. Yeah, that one I will be seeing in the theaters. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, me too, me too. So, uh, a lot of movies coming out in 2016. We've also got, uh, I'll skip ahead to, let's skip ahead to May when uh, Captain America Civil War comes out. That's another big superhero movie that everybody's uh, interested in seeing. I'm interested interested in seeing what they're going to do because the storyline that that's based on took over a year to tell in the comics so i know it's going to be condensed and i'm look looking forward to seeing what they cut out what they decide to keep you know uh if you're a marvel fan this is going to be the movie to see because uh, robert downey jr is not scheduled to make any more standalone iron man movies as far as i know uh he's when he shows up he's going to show up like this he's going to be in a captain america movie he's going to be in the avengers and stuff like that so Spider-Man's uh, finally going to be allowed to join the MCU on loan from Sony. Um, the comic book version, spoiler alert, the comic book version, Steve Rogers dies. So I don't know if that's going to happen in this film or not. Be interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. I'm not a huge comic book guy. Uh, I saw the trailer for it and I just thought like, uh, not when it first comes out, maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month or two afterwards. Uh, the action looked good, but just the story, I'm just, I'm not up on. I haven't even seen Captain America Winter Soldier yet. Um, I actually just added it up onto the top of the queue as you were talking. But oh, wow. I just, I feel like there's just been so many comic book movies left and right. I just, it, it's too much for me at least. Yeah, I know that kind of goes against the grain a little bit of the spirit of the show, but no. I've I've been burned a couple times with some comic book movies in the past, so I don't know, maybe I'm ready to love again with this one <laughs> or Deadpool, but yeah, like <laughs> Avengers, I, I thought that was terrible. Both of them are just the last one. Only all the first one. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll watch it with an open mind and give it its fair shot, but they're like, what was it? The X-Men 
three or, or the time traveling one. Oh, Days of Future Past, yeah. Yeah, like that was all right, and the third one was kind of weak. Um, but I mean, I, the second X Men movie was great. I love that. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy too. That was, I mean, as far as comic book movies go. I know that was a little different because, you know, I had never heard of it before. Like, I saw the movie and then found out it was a comic and all that. Um, but I, I love that one. But that might be James Gunn's direction and the kind of spirit and tone of it. Yeah. Sorry to kind of put, no, a, little, you're fine. put hey. a little salt on your, uh, your sugar there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I thought... The Winter Soldier was the best Marvel movie so far, uh, and I've I've enjoyed all of them in, for the you know to varying at varying degrees of of enjoyment. I think uh, the Thor movies have probably left me the most cold, um, but I I I could see them killing in air quotes Captain America at the end of the film. And then bringing him back in the next one. I mean, they've already done that once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, I could see them doing enough fan service, but you know, pulling a Spock and not having him stay dead because yeah. I, you know, I don't think uh, Chris. Um, oh, who's playing Cap? Chris. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Evans, thank you. Because I, I, I know it's, it's Hemworth, Hemsworth, and yeah. Anyway, um, as as far as no more standalone Iron Man movies, I'm fine with that. I would be fine with no more standalone Thor movies. God uh, bless you. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know uh, the thing I like about the Captain America movies that we don't get as much of in the big Avengers movies, and yeah, Age of Ultron was kind of meh. It was it was still fun, but you know I only saw it the one time and don't feel the great need to watch it again um, is the rep, the, the relationship between cap and black widow. Um, you know, I, I was half, you know, kind of half joking about Scarlett Johansson earlier. Uh, yes. She's one of the most gorgeous people ever to walk the earth, but I also think she's a marvelous actor and I love watching the relationship that's building between uh, her and captain America. And it doesn't seem to be going in a romantic way. I hope it doesn't, I think that would really ruin it. Um, I'm just really enjoying the the equal footing they're on. And they've been really uh, reserved, I think, in how much of a, a cheesecake kind of thing they do with Black Widow. You know, we still get the occasional camera angle that's coming from right behind her butt or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> uh, but it's not as bad as it has yeah. been in the past. And I think we're seeing a a, a, a step forward. It, it's still baby steps. They still have a way to go, you know, where you've got, you know, play sets that have Captain America and Iron Man and and the motorcycle that Black Widow rode in, in Age of Ultron and then, uh, you know, some random S.H.I.E.L.D. agent to ride the bike and they're not putting Black Widow in the play sets. You know, that kind of stupidity is still going on. Oh, yeah. Um but in the movies themselves, I think we're seeing a great, great strides forward, at least as far as, you know, Hollywood, fat, old, white guy driven, you know, made films. Uh, we're seeing 
a lot of, uh, you know, some, some progress. And I like to see that continue. And that seems to be the most evident in the Captain America movies. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that, um, out of the Marvel movies that have come out, the, the MCU movies that have come out since the last, since the first Avengers movie, what quote unquote phase two, I thought that Captain America Winter Soldier was the best out of that bunch. Um, I never, I didn't even make it through, uh, Thor 2. I mean, I watched probably the first 30 minutes or so of it and thought, I, this one's not for me. <laughs> you know, I just turned it off. But, uh, that, that film was, was really good. And I think that Guardians of the Galaxy, well, I, okay. Guardians of the Galaxy was probably my favorite out of the bunch. I guess I said too, I, I went too far with saying Captain America was the best, but Captain America, as far as being one of the quote unquote Avengers movies, I thought that that was the best that came out of the, even better than the last Avengers movie, I thought. So this one is going to be, and they're calling it Captain America Civil War. I think it's more likely to be kind of like an Avengers light film because it's going to have a lot of the Avengers in it, but not all of them. Because looking at the cast list, it looks like, uh, you know, Spider-Man is going to be in it and, um, it looks like um, Ant-Man's going to be in it, and uh, Falcon will be back, and, of course, Black Widow, Iron Man, you know. So without Thor and Hulk showing up, you know, it's pretty much an Avengers movie, you know, and, and you know, uh, um, Jeremy Renner. Oh, Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah, Hawkeye, yeah. I haven't heard about Thor. I, I It's it, – the, the Hulk thing kind of goes back and forth. Ruffalo has been seen – on set, but he's also said that he's not in it, so it's it's hard to say what they're doing with that one. Yeah, I don't know. They they may be pulling a stunt like they did when in in Thor two, when Loki became Captain America for a minute. Yeah, you know, or, or something like that. Because I know Thor has his own movie coming out this year, or is it this uh, year? Maybe next year. Uh, that that the Thor Ragnarok is coming out. Uh, actually, I think it is next year because it's not on my list. So, uh, so I'd be surprised if he showed up with a, with a big part in this one, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see. And you, and Anthony, you're right. There are, a, there are a lot of superhero movies coming out. John and I talked about on the first episode of this show that, um, it may, there may be an oversaturation of superheroes yeah, and we may not be. Bit. We may not be feeling it right now because they're still making money, but Marvel has these films scheduled to come out all the way up until like 2020. You know, uh, I saw a story today where the, the guys that are direct, the guys that are directing this, Anthony and Joe Russo are the same guys that are going to direct, um, the Infinity, uh, Avengers films. Avengers Infin- Infinity is going to be a two part movie one part's going to come out in the spring i believe and the other part's going to come out in the fall and they made a statement in a interview last week that they had like 67 characters on their storyboard that's a lot of characters for one movie you know as far as a superhero movie now i know a lot of those characters you're just going to see them and you're not going to hear from them or whatever uh but that that still sounds like a lot going on in one movie so 
I don't know if these are characters that they're just going to show in this film and they're going to get their own standalone movies later. They, they if, if so, then they're planning all the way into like 2030, 2035, <laughs> you know, whatever. But I think that by that point, we may, we may be on the downslope of superhero movies. I don't know if they, if it's going to keep on this trend for that long. Yeah, I guess the problem that I have with them is, you know, you're watching all these superhero movies and comic book movies, and you know, like, oh yeah, they're never going to get hurt, they're never going to die. There's there, it, it kind of removes all that tension. Whereas if it were a story about a normal guy who was fighting against, you know, a gang of bad guys, like there might be a little more added tension. Like, oh yeah, he's he's just a human being; he can be killed just like they can. Whereas when I'm watching these superhero movies, it kind of removes all that. Kind of like how, you know, if I see a really big name actor in a role, you kind of feel safe where you're like, oh, yeah, they're not going to kill him. It's only minute 11 in the movie. Like, he's going to be around for a while. Um, but maybe that's me and I'm just jaded. Did, did well, you see the last Godzilla movie? Um, I did. I did. I did. Brian Cranston like was the big uh, the big poster child for the film, and he didn't last much more than a quarter of it. Yeah, Very yeah, that, true. that surprised me. Yeah, but they build in the trailer. They made you believe that he was going to be around for the entire thing, and then misdirected you in the film. And see, I kind of liked it when they did kill him a little bit because it's like, oh yeah, you know, he's not a superhero. He can just be killed whenever, and his wife can be killed. Spoiler alert, you know, for those who haven't seen it yet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I like that vulnerability that uh, some characters have. And in all these comic book movies, like in the Spider-Man one with Dr. Octopus, I'm like, well, wait a minute. He's a regular human being with just these metal arms. So, like, he can just be shot in the head and die, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I imagine, like, you know... Some guy like just threw down his iPod and he's like, "No!" <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see an angry email from someone about that. <laughs> well, uh, going right in, right from Captain America into the next big film is also in May is going to be X Men Apocalypse. Uh, all the I main like uh, characters from the. Yeah, they, I mean James McAvoy is back. Uh, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence. I think this might be Jennifer Lawrence's last turn on uh, on an X Men film. She hasn't been. She didn't really want to keep coming back, you know. After she hit it big with the Hunger Games and everything, she she doesn't care for the makeup and she doesn't care for the costume. Can't, and all that I kind blame of stuff. her on that one. Yeah, that cannot yeah. be fun to wear. <laughs> no, no. They made her, or actually, she made them. Uh, after she made the first one, uh, when she came back the only way that she would come back is if they changed that makeup so that she was actually wearing a suit, you know, and then they just made up her face and everything because in the, uh, in the first one, she's just kind of wearing some pasties and stuff and she's not wearing a whole lot. And she didn't, she didn't like walking around naked all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So um, she, uh, just wanted to say that, you know, don't take me for an old curmudgeon that hates comic book movies, but I didn't want to jump in right after you said, uh, Jennifer Lawrence wearing pasties, though, but I would like to see that one. <laughs> yeah, but she came back. the the the, the makeup in um, Days of Future Past, her makeup was not as not as good. 
but it was it didn't look as good but it was because that that's why you know and because she didn't want to she didn't want to be walking around naked all the time but and I, I don't blame her for that man she doesn't have to you know she's she's a she's a pretty big movie star now she's well, yeah now she's, she's made got those star hunger power. games movies made a lot of movie yeah yeah she can yeah, pretty much she's do got star she power wants, and she doesn't need to to do that stuff anymore and uh, did you see her, I think it was at the Gold Globes or whatever award show was just recently, um, how there was a reporter looking at his phone and she was like, you got to live in the moment, dude. You got to get off your phone. <laughs> I no, loved that. I didn't see that. I didn't watch the but Golden Globes. It didn't seem like English was his first language. And he's he's a journalist, so he may have had questions or something on his phone or he may have been communicating to his editor or somebody. But I don't know. I just... Uh, I didn't like it because I thought she kind of mouth. I thought she was a little too hard on him. Um, but then again, if you make like you know twenty five million dollars a film for the Hunger Games or whatever, I guess that goes to your head. I disagree. I I think that, uh, and and I'm I'm not being antagonistic at all. So I pardon me if it if it sounds that way. Um, she has been through some crap in the last couple of years. Uh, and I, I thought it, I didn't think it was as harsh as, as some people are, are making it out to be. I, I, I didn't watch the Golden Globes, but I saw, I saw the, the bit. Um, and yeah, maybe she didn't realize, you know, maybe he was trying to get a translation or something. Um, but then again, you know, she has been, when, when you're at the level she's at, you have to sit there and deal with so many interviews and so many press release, uh, conferences. And have to listen and watch and be poised and blah, blah, blah. And I, I kind of can't blame her if it seemed like, you know, some dude was just sitting there looking at his phone instead of, you know, talking directly to her and then asking her Oscar questions at the Golden Globes. I, you know, and I don't think she was particularly harsh. She was just kind of laughing along with it. But uh, I, I don't think she was as in the wrong as people think she is. Do you think that she kind of meant it as a joke and it went the wrong way and say some people misinterpreted it? Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a teacher and I have had moments like that where I've tried to say something serious in a kind of a, you know, kind of a snarky, I'm joking, but I'm not really joking way and yeah. have had it fall flat. Yeah. And I think maybe that might've been what that was. Yeah. I can understand. Yeah. I can understand. Like, I, I didn't see it. I kind of heard a snippet of what you guys were talking about. I never actually saw the clip, so I, I don't know. But I think that she's got a, I don't, which I don't know the girl, so I'm not going to take up for her or anything, but I think she's got a pretty good head on, head on her shoulders because look how far she's come. I mean, she started on the Bill Ingvall show of all places, you know, uh, and now she's like one of, uh, Hollywood's leading ladies and she's only like, what, 25 years old. Um, so. You know she's doing she's doing something right. Yeah, I mean I like her as an actress. Yeah. But uh, let's see. After well, as far as X Men Apocalypse, um, when, I like when is that coming out again? It, it comes out in May, and I like Days of Future Past. I didn't like it as much as I liked uh, X Men First Class. It was a cool idea to kind of mix the two. You know, like. They kind of got their Star Trek generation story in where they were, <laughs> they were able to, <laughs> they were able to mix the old and the new together and kind of pass the torch a little bit. Uh, 
But the trailer that I saw, this movie looks like it's going to be pretty epic. And it looks like it's also kind of moving moving its way towards being the, the X-Men that we know from the the movies from the last decade. You know, Professor X is finally going to be bald by the end of this movie or, <laughs> and, and all that. But, um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. I can't say how good. I think it's got a chance of being as good as uh, X-Men First Class. I think that Days of Future Past kind of was hurt a little bit by the whole fact that they're trying to mix everything together and, and tell such a big story. They changed the story quite a bit, too, because in the original comic, Wolverine was not the one that got sent through time. It was a different, a different character. But if they're going to bring Hugh Jackman in to play that character, they've got to give him a pretty big role. He can't just... He can't just show up and not do anything. He already did that in first class. He kind of showed up, dropped the f bomb, and left. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, but I'm looking forward to it. But the the um, June brings a couple of movies that I'm kind of looking forward to, but I'm not hugely excited about. Um, one of them's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows, and. I doubt that any of us are going to say that we're really excited about a new Ninja Turtles movie, <laughs> but the first one made enough money that uh, it got a sequel. That's pretty much the limit of it. But uh, Ninja Turtles, was, you- Ninja Turtles was a big part of my childhood, so I, I watched the first film just because I kind of watched the first film the same way that a big brother watches after his little sister when she's on her first date. Because I wanted to see, what are you guys going to do with my franchise? You know? <laughs> but they did better. Because Michael Bay had originally planned to not make the Ninja Turtles neither teenage nor mutant. He was going to turn them into aliens. And I'm glad that they didn't do that. <laughs> Other than that, it has some huge plot holes. You know, you you can't you can't slide through the snow in the mountains in one minute and 10 minutes later be in New York city. And you got there through a sewer tunnel, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, uh, the one thing that I'll say that I do like about what I saw in the trailer is that bebop and Rocksteady look dead on like they're supposed to look. <laughs> yeah. They do look good. Yeah. Other than that, you know, I'm not going to see it in theaters. I'll see it when it comes out on a uh, DVD or something, but it's there. It's going to happen. So, <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed the Ninja Turtles. Uh, you know, I wasn't a kid at the time when they came out, but I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the video game a lot. I even liked the, the nineties movies. Was it the nineties? Yeah. Yeah. The first um, one came out in the late eighties, but yeah. Late, yeah. I, I liked the first one. I even owned the, the, the VHS tape of it for a long time. Um, I didn't mind Secret of the Ooze. I think I saw the third one, but by then I was pretty much over it. Yeah. <laughs> All I had to hear was Michael Bay for the for the remake, and and I wanted nothing to do with it, and I even less want anything to do with the sequel. Yeah. 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 Anthony, you a big uh, Ninja Turtles fan? Uh, I was born in '84, so yes, you you couldn't escape it, and I was, you know, Ninja Turtles everything uh, when I was a kid. Um. I have seen all the movies. Um, the last one, you know, there were some cringeworthy moments, but I kind of said to myself, you know, you're, 
probably in your late 20s, early 30s at the time I saw it. I, I always saw it at home. I didn't see it in the theaters. So yeah. I kind of went in telling myself, it's not going to be what you grew up with. It's going to be a, a completely different interpretation of it, and it's going to be stylized differently. Plus, I, I had seen enough of it and read enough about it online to kind of go in prepared. Um, but it was fun. It was kind of a throwaway movie. Nothing that I would ever want to own or kind of see again, but I'm glad I've seen it at least once. Yeah. And for the new one, uh, I'll probably see it at least once. Um, hopefully, like you know, you said, Bebop and Rocksteady, they look pretty good, and hopefully they'll kind of be the saving grace of this movie. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the first one, we're watching a Ninja Turtles movie. This isn't going to be, you know a really dialogue heavy, like expertly crafted, dramatic sort of sort of film. But I did enjoy yeah. it. It was kinda, you know, fun action movie. Just like yeah. uh, going back to Taken, like you were saying. You know, it's it's a good action movie. It's not perfect, but you know, it delivered what it wanted to deliver and, you know, you just sit there and enjoy it. Yeah. Leave out the fart jokes this time. We oh don't need- definitely. Yeah, those ruin <laughs> some of the Transformers movies. Like uh, yeah, uh, my, I, Michael I, Bay and his fart jokes are almost as bad as Michael Bay and his over-the-top explosions. But, you know, I can... Uh, Michael Bay, you know, he's got some good explosions, but sometimes he's got too many of them. But. Yeah, the explosions, the, the camera that's doing the 360s around all the subjects, um, and all that fast-talking dialogue that he does where it kind of... I say it doesn't break down the fourth wall, but it kind of... Ugh. I mean, you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. they'll, they'll do that really, really fast dialogue where they're trying to be funny in some situations and it just doesn't work for me. Like, they'll do that a lot in Transformers. Um, first Transformers, you know, I have it on DVD. I haven't watched it in years, but I've seen uh, all but the last one. But, yeah, the I, I don't understand how giant robots can fart and how they could have done that. <laughs> like, how how... Physically, is it possible? And, uh, uh I have no idea. <laughs> but I imagine, you know, yeah. amongst the five year olds in the theater, it got a huge laugh, but isn't that who they're making this movie for? Well, I mean, it, it's like all these other movies that they're making, uh, based on 80s cartoons. You don't, you don't it's, really know who they're making it for. Are they making it for kids now, or are they trying to bring in the, the people that, because the kids now don't remember? Uh, Transformers or Ninja Turtles the way we do, you know. Yeah. So we're the ones that's gonna that's like, oh yeah, they made a Transformers movie, and then we're all gonna go see it. So you know, but which which audience are they really trying to cater to? Are they trying to cater to the kids, or are they trying to cater to the adults that watch this stuff when they were growing up? I, I don't I don't know, I, and I'm not sure if they really know either. You know that I can answer that question with one observation. The gynecological camera angles that Bay uses every time Megan Fox is on screen. Yeah. 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 It, it kind of goes to, I don't know if you guys heard of this film, uh, Jim and the Holograms that came out in, uh, the second half of last year. Yeah. But it was had like a two and a half week run. Yeah. It, yeah. It got yanked. Was it that really long? Quick. It got yanked <laughs> really quick because it, it's based on a cartoon from the eighties, which I didn't watch because it was, it was one of the girl cartoons, you know, we didn't, you know, along with She-Ra and <laughs> stuff like that. Boys didn't watch those cartoons, but, um, it was based on this cartoon about this, uh, 
girls uh, rock group in the 80s. But then when they made the film, of course, they make it take place in modern day. They might have done a little better if they made it about an 80s rock group. You know, maybe some of the girls that watched the show when they were kids would have come to see it or something. But as it was, you couldn't even tell that it was supposed to be the same thing. It basically just shared the title and it was something completely different. I think it made $2 million and it, and they yanked it. You know, it's like the shortest run ever, ever known or whatever. There's but. a Charlie's Theron movie that I can look it up, but I think it made a total of $36. Like they were contractually obligated to show it three times or something like that. Um, but yeah, you guys keep talking. I'm going to look that up now. Okay. Well, um, the, the the other movie that's coming out in June is, uh, of course, Independence Day Resurgence. And, you know, I'm not as excited about this movie as I thought I would be because I was a, I was a fan of Independence Day back in the day. But I was 20, maybe, when it came out. 19, I think, when it came out. So uh, we were promised a sequel when that movie came out, and we didn't get it. We were promised it again. We didn't get it. We were promised it again, and we didn't get it. And now it's 20 years later. And they're coming out with the sequel, and I'm not excited about it anymore. I, all right, I hate to keep sounding like the curmudgeon on the panel here, but I hated Independence Day so much. Uh, I, I bought into the hype of the movie when it when it was coming out, and I went to into went into Independence Day expecting to see a good science fiction film, and instead, what I was handed was that piece of garbage. Yeah. And I have never forgiven them. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like a big TV movie because it's you know they they make these epic, uh, or they did in the nineties anyway. They made these epic TV miniseries that would star all these TV actors, and they would run for like two, three nights or whatever like that. I think they had one called asteroid or something like that and um and then they make like a big screen version of it where it's the movie's not any better it's just got bigger actors in it and you've got independence day and you had armageddon and stuff like that but the um independence day when i watched it i liked it since then i've gone back and i've I've watched it again as i've gotten older and know a little bit more about film films and and things like that, and it's yeah, it's it's not great, you know. It's just it's basically a, a a TV movie with big actors in it. But when it came out, like I said, I I was looking forward to a sequel, and it's just one of those times that Hollywood just let me down because we didn't get it. And now they're making the this this resurgence is coming out, and it's supposed to be part two, and they're promising us that part three is going to come out right behind it, so that always brings to my head, like John and I talked about when uh, we were talking about Avatar 2 and 3 coming out, are they going to do like they did with Matrix 2 and 3 and just make two movies that are just going to end up sucking so bad that it's going to ruin the first one? <laughs> you know? But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I, I'm not going to see that one in theaters, I can tell you that. And Rick, you probably won't see it at all. <laughs> no. It, well, I'll, I... I'll leave this much of the door open. If everybody I know swears that it's the greatest movie ever made, yeah. <laughs> then I'll see it. I don't think there's much danger of that happening. Yeah, A lot of people swore that 
Independence Day was the greatest movie ever because people had never seen CG like that at the time. Uh, so and I, mean, I, I was a all lot of into people it. Did go see that movie? I mean, I remember liking it as a kid and then kind of seeing it again later on as a teenager and thinking like, uh, I don't know about this anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah, it made a lot of money, but. Uh, Will Smith's not coming back, at least not yet. He won't be in this one. I don't know if he may come in back in the third one if this one makes money. But, you know, he's trying to distance himself from those kinds of roles now because he wants to be a uh, serious, you know, actor. He doesn't want to be that guy anymore. But um, he is a good actor. I don't know why that guy made a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I'm that guy. He doesn't need money anymore. Yeah. So he's trying to challenge himself in, in his craft. I can't blame, you know, you can't really blame the guy for that. Yeah. The, um, I'm going to skip over Ghostbusters. We've talked about that before. Um, I, well, what's that? I, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it looks, it looks good. Um, I'm not going to, when I heard about it, when it first came out, I wasn't a big fan of the idea. And it's not because it's all girls. I don't care about that. You know, um, I was just hoping for a sequel for so long. And now that's not what this is. This is a reboot. And so it, it, it kind of hurts that we're not getting that sequel, but you know, Harold Ramis is gone now. Uh, and, uh, I don't really want to see it if it's just Dan Aykroyd, uh, in charge of the script and Harold Ramis isn't going to be there to rein him back a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I get, I mean, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a shot. I, I, I'll watch it. And there was a rumor that they were going to make another one that was going to be an all guy team and it was going to have Chris Hemsworth in it. Uh, but I think they kind of scratched that idea. Now, Chris Hemsworth is going to be in this one, but I think he's going to be like the Janine character from the original. They also came out with a story this uh, this week. I think it was this week where they said that the ghosts in this are not going to be like the ghosts from the original. They're not going to be creatures and monsters. These are going to be ghosts of like people, like historical figures and stuff like that. So it might be interesting to see how how they do that. You know, if they're going to be like, is it going to be like ghosts of famous historical pe- people, or is it just going to be ghosts of just like regular people or? It's fam- from famous people. Oh, famous you know, people, people like okay. Al Capone and stuff like that. I, I don't think it's so much a reboot as just a, another chapter in the story. Because when I when I first heard about it, I was really like, "Oh, they're going to redo it with women," and so we're going to have a female Venkman and a female Ray Stance and and you know Egon whatever. But that's not what's happening. It's just it's a a, a, a franchise of the Ghostbusters, and they happen to all be women. And that, to me, took the curse off of it. And I think it, it looks like it has the potential to be really good. Yeah. It does. Yeah, I, I think they wanted to make it look... They. What I had originally heard was that it wasn't going to be as much of a sequel just because the director didn't want it to be set in a world where this kind of stuff has happened before. You know, it's, it's, it, it's going to be new for everybody, you know, if he had made a sequel that takes place 25 years after the last one, then we would be in a New York where people have seen ghosts a lot and nothing surprising to them anymore. But, but I don't know, you know, there, there was ideas bumping around for a long time 
about it being uh, Ghostbusters returning in the franchises all over the country and that uh, this was going to be I, for a while they were rumoring that Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson were going to be in, were going to make a, a remake and I think uh, maybe Vince Vaughn would have been in that group you know like those buddies that like to get together and make films you know which I I would have liked to have seen that I think but I don't know uh, this one like I said the trailers that I've seen look or the pictures that I've seen I haven't actually seen the trailer, but, um, there it, isn't one yet. There isn't one yet. Well, that's why I haven't seen no. it, <laughs> but yeah, the pictures that I've seen look interesting. And, uh, the people that they picked for it, I think that they're, that they'll carry it pretty well. I like Melissa McCarthy. I like, I like most of what she's done. I don't like everything that she's done, but yeah, I can't say that about anybody really, but, uh, we'll see. I'll watch it. I'll probably go see this one just because I'm a big Ghostbusters fan. And it, yeah, it's going to be another too. one of those big brothers watching you. Um, I want to see what, you, <laughs> what what are you doing with my little sister, you know? <laughs> we'll see. But, um, yeah, um, jumping on to Ghostbusters, uh, I would have loved it if it were a Passing of the Torch movie, but I will go in with an open mind. When I first heard there was an all-female cast, I was kind of a little unhappy with that because I didn't want to ostracize, you know, the little boys out there. If some of them might be kind of turned off that, it's all girls and there's not like a male figure that they can kind of look up to. Um, because Ghostbusters was so important to me when I was young. I actually had like the proton pack and my mom's friend who was a seamstress made me a costume and all and I loved it so much. Um, but there, two of the movies on my <laughs> list are actually documentaries. Uh, one is called Ghost Heads and the other is Cleaning Up the Town. Um, Ghost Heads, synopsis on IMDb says, is a documentary that explores the extreme side of the Ghostbusters fandom. And for cleaning up the town, the documentary... So, I mean, think about that. We have new Ghostbusters and two Ghostbusters documentaries coming out in 2016. Um, so, cleaning up the town, remembering Ghostbusters... The documentary that tells us the full story from where it all started through the future... Of, Ghostbust- of the Ghostbusters franchise. And in cleaning up the town, I mean, it's a documentary, but they got some pretty big names like Sigourney Weaver, Catherine Reitman, Dan Aykroyd, Annie Potts, Harold Ramis was in it. Um, I'm guessing they had been working on this for a while. Ernie Hudson, Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on from all David, Mark. Margolis, um, the guy that just died recently, who was the mayor in Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, looking forward to that. IMDb doesn't have a month, um, but it is a UK documentary, 2016. And Ghost Heads, let's see. This one, I believe, is Australian. And. In it, Paul Fee, Ernie Hudson, Ivan Reitman, and some other people, none of which I remember. Oh, Kurt Fuller. But, you know, they've got some pretty big names in this, so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the documentaries probably more than the the new Ghostbusters movie that we're going to get. Okay. I haven't heard about either one of those, but I'll, I'll probably check them out. I am a, yeah. I'm a pretty big Ghostbusters fan, but... 
for the um, uh, for the prep for the show, I was just looking them up, and I just found out about these today, uh, right before we started recording this. Oh, okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna skip some of these others that I had written down. Um, we talked about Star Wars Rogue One last time, but um, Inferno is uh, I don't know if you guys are a fan of uh. The Da Vinci Code that came out a few years ago with uh, Tom Hanks, uh, based on the book, Dan Brown. Yeah, I, it's it's one of, it's one of those that I read the book and I knew that the book was you know not accurate, you know, but it was one of those stories that was still interesting enough to read that I watched the movie, and I didn't like that, I. The the book that this movie was based on was good. I liked it. But the way that Ron Howard has done these films, the first one actually take is supposed to take place after the second one, as far as the book goes, but they swapped it around because The Da Vinci Code was the more popular book. So, so they did that movie first. But uh, but this one, I, I'll go watch it. You know, basically, Tom Hanks is playing the same guy, Robert Langdon, and he's um, he wakes up. He's he's he, he doesn't remember anything. So he's got to go back and retrace the steps and do like a classier version of the Hangover, and <laughs> and do his uh, and go back and figure out uh, this mystery of uh, some kind of a virus that's going to wipe out everybody if he doesn't find it in time. And he's using all these symbols from artwork in in different places that uh, because he's a symbologist <laughs> and uh he knows he knows these things so we'll see I'll, I'll probably wait for video on that one but you know i was a i was a fan of the book so i'll probably i'll probably watch it tom hanks i like just about everything that he makes not everything that he makes you know i watched uh bridge of spies i i, I um i did a review for it on the website and uh i thought bridge of spies was a good movie but I don't know how accurate it was because I didn't go back and do my homework on the actual history. But but it was uh, it was pretty decent. Tom Hanks did a pretty good job in that as he as he usually yeah, he, does. So we'll just have he's to. He's got a good batting see. average. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean two Oscars two years in a row back in the nineties. You know that was uh, for for best actor. That's uh, there's not a lot of guys that have done that. So. And one of the few truly nice guys in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a lot of his films and a lot of the projects that he's been in, he's just done his favors to people. I mean, yeah, he doesn't need the money. He's Follow he's, him on Twitter. He's got it. Follow him on Twitter. He's pretty entertaining. And, you know, he just seems like a really nice, sweet guy. Uh, and that kind of does come out through his tweets a lot of times. Yeah. Um. Rick, did you have any films coming out this year that you wanted to bring up? Uh, nothing we haven't talked about, really. Uh, you know, I'm curious about Rogue One, especially the the posters seem to be indicating a more romantic tone than we've seen before. I don't know if that's just incidental or what. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I I don't think there's. Anything, I mean, I, it's going to be a great movie for nerds. Yeah. Or a great year for nerds. Yeah. And, uh, uh, 
there was uh, there's a, a horror movie called The Forest coming out uh, that looks like it might be interesting. I don't know. Um, uh, Four hundred days. Did you see? Have you seen the trailer for that? I did, and I, I read some stuff about it. I think they've caught they caught some flack when they were filming it because they were wanting to film it, or they did film it in the actual. Fo- Is it in Japan? That forest? No, no, that's the forest. That's the forest. Oh, okay. You um, cut out. Yeah, you cut out. I thought that's oh, what I'm you were still talking about. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, four, 400 Days. No, I, I haven't heard that one. It's a science fiction thriller. Uh, the idea, the, the, the concept is that uh, a group of people are locked into a, uh, a space capsule simulation for, I guess, 400 days uh, to simulate a long-duration space flight. And, uh, then everything goes to hell and, uh, uh, hilarity ensues, I suppose. <laughs> Who's doing that? Oh, heck. Let me look it up. Um, I, I was uh, watching the trailer while I was at the gym this morning in preparation. It's like that hilarious comedy, The Martian, again. that came out last year that, uh, <laughs> got the Golden Globe. It got the Golden Globe the other night for best, uh, comedy and musical. Yeah, that's yeah. another reason why I'm not very, uh, what, big on the establishment. I don't know why okay. they decided that they had to put that in the comedy musical category because it was neither comedy nor musical. But uh, pretty much everyone involved was puzzled about that. Yeah, I thought that uh, they probably did it just just so that they knew that it would win. But yeah, yeah. Brandon Ralph, Dane Cook, Katie Lotz, Ben Feldman, Tom Cavanaugh. Grant Bowler, Dominic Bogart. Uh, the only name I really recognize are, are is Brandon Routh and Dane Cook. Hey, yeah. Rick, <laughs> did you see yeah. Moon from 2009 with Sam Rockwell? I loved, loved, loved Moon. Yeah, we talked about Moon a, oh, a, a, a while back. That was that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, that was one that I assigned that to John early on. Yeah. Yeah. And I just saw a movie that was almost as good from a, from a just a wonderful pure science fiction standpoint. Uh, I finally saw Ex Machina this week. Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't, I, I saw you talking about it on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's one of the ones I haven't gotten around to yet. I've, I've, yeah. wa- I've wanted to, but uh, it's on my list. It's, <laughs> it's in the queue, as they say. But jumping onto uh, Rogue One in 2016, we also oh here it is, an Australian documentary called My Saga. Um, on the on the poster that's on IMDb, it is what looks to be like a dad and son holding hands, kind of walking away from the camera, and there's a big silhouette of the Millennium Falcon in front of them, and. The synopsis is really short. It just says Star Wars has touched the lives of millions. Who'd have thought it would save one? So they okay. looks like that. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they're still filming it uh, according to the status on IMDb, but they did get some of the actors from the Star Wars movies. Um, just the third build one is the uh, actress Bonnie Fleece. Piece probably pronouncing that wrong, but she played uh, Aunt Beru in Episode Three. They have some other actors on there too, but you know, I always like the touching human story, especially like something that kind of might bring a tear to my eye if, uh, if it's going to be some really kind of touching, heartwarming story. Especially kind of wrapping around Star Wars and having to do with that. 
Yeah. So it looks like they've been working on this for a while, since at least 2014, but it's scheduled to come out 2016. So I imagine, you know, with a lot of the documentaries that I mentioned before, um, they're probably going to be something that you have to buy off of Amazon, or if you have like a smaller art house theater near you, maybe something around there. But uh, My Saga, uh, poster and IMDb don't really tell you much, but it has to do with Star Wars, and that's good enough for me. Yeah. Well, just to name off a few of the ones that we didn't actually talk about, uh, we may talk about them in the future, but... Um... In November, we've got Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which kind of is a uh, prequel to the Harry Potter series. It takes place in 1920s America, and from what I can tell, it's about the guy that wrote one of the textbooks that they use in the uh, in, at Hogwarts and kind of what happened to him and how he wrote that book and stuff. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, let's see. We talked about that. we got Star Trek Beyond coming out. Don't know what to think of it because the trailer kind of looks like it's well, it's directed by the guy that did directed Fast and Furious, so it kind of looks like Fast and Furious in space. But you know, we'll just have to see what they <laughs> what they did with that. Uh, Rings is uh, in the uh, Ring and Ring Two saga. It looks like it's just going to be more of the same. I don't know. What is this? Rings. You remember Ring? The Ring. And the Ring 2 about 10, 12 years oh, ago. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. First, I thought you were talking about like a Lord of the Rings thing. No, and no, my no, ears no. perked up for a second there. No, this is uh, this is like the third part in the in the Ring yeah. series, and it looks like it's just going to be a. It's going to kind of be like Paranormal Activity, where it's just more of more of the same. You know, Suicide Squad is a big one we didn't talk about. Uh, haven't heard a lot about it lately. We heard a lot about it when it first the first trailer came out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they tie that in. Because it looks like, um, I heard a rumor that Ben Affleck's going to show up at the end of the movie and kind of chase the Joker, and that may turn into uh, a Batman versus Joker movie in the future. I think, I've got a theory about this movie that the Joker is not part of the team because the Joker's never really been part of the Suicide Squad in the in the comics, I think that he's going to be an antagonist in this movie, you know, so which will be interesting to see bad guys versus bad guys, you know, so we'll just uh, we'll see how that plays out. And there's a remake of uh, Peach Dragon coming out, which was the first movie that I ever saw in the movie theater. <laughs> so oh. so I'll be interested yeah. to see what they what they do with that one. We have a remake. Robert of Redford and Bryce out. Dallas Howard. Oh yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. Christmas Day. I don't uh, know how I don't know how I feel about that because it doesn't seem like it's been long enough to be making a remake of that of that film. Yeah, my wife and I watched um, the 1995 Jumanji um, a couple months ago just because it was on Netflix and it was kind of like, hey, you haven't you know, let's meet some David Allen Greer and Robin Williams and let's watch it. And uh, you know, it was good. I still like the whole concept of it very much, but. It was made at a point where the puppeteers and the CG wasn't exactly on point, where, you know, the CG animals and the monkeys and things could have looked a little better, or they, they probably looked as best as they could at the time, but yeah. by today's standards, they didn't really hold up. And, uh, like, some of the puppets of the spiders and the lion, um, you know, I mean, like I was saying, they were probably doing the best they could for the time, but... 
I, I wouldn't mind a remake of this. You know, I mean, it's a very beloved film. I think that when they do remake it, they're really going to do it justice and, you know, not come out with something where they're like, you know, a dark and, you know, these aren't the same kids from the first one. They're dark and brooding. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they do now. <laughs> yeah. We have to have emo kids in our movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I did yeah, see uh, recently on- my... Christmas Day. Christmas Day. I think the original. I think the original came out on Christmas Day, so that may be that may be why they're doing that. But um, I did, recently, uh, my daughter and I watched uh, Goosebumps with Jack Black, and when we sat down to watch it, I wasn't really expecting much because I'm not a huge Jack Black fan anyway. He's usually pretty silly, you know. I, some of his uh, School of Rock was a good movie, you know, but. Um, I was impressed of how they they handled Goosebumps because Goosebumps. How do you make a movie called Goosebumps when Goosebumps is like three hundred titles? There's all these different stories, you know. But the the way they did it, I thought was uh, pretty interesting, and I thought that the effects were pretty good for a you know for a kids movie. But uh, I don't know. So 2016 is going to be pretty big as far as uh, as far as films. Uh, probably be sitting in a lot of movie theater seats and uh, watching a lot of films on uh, Google Play when they when they come out. So yeah, one of the big releases that we're going to get is Michael Fassbender in an Assassin's Creed movie. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know if you guys are up on that at all or if you've heard about the the video games i've heard about them never played them be- just because i don't ever have time to play video games anymore i probably haven't played one in a, a year at least uh, well i i kind of stopped with the franchise and stopped playing them but uh i love me some michael fassbender yeah <laughs> so you know that one will be one to look for and then there's one other one uh, apparently, Robert De Niro is going to be playing uh, Enzo Ferrari in a biopic about him. Uh, we're also going to be having a documentary coming out about Enzo Ferrari and Henry Ford II uh, called The 24-Hour War. Um, I'm a big fan of this because there's a book by this guy, A.J. Bain. Uh, and he wrote a book called Go Like Hell, and it's kind of takes place in the 60s and beyond, up until about 69, and the war between Ford, Ferrari, and Shelby, and the development of the, uh, what they developed the Ford GT40. So, I know not a lot of people here are on the, uh, the cars much, but, like I was saying before, I kind of like to be the salt to your sugar a little bit. <laughs> But it's a very compelling story. Uh, I'd highly recommend it for anybody that likes cars or just likes a good uh, story between two guys. Because apparently, like, Enzo Ferrari and that dynasty, like, they were just, well, I won't be explicit here, but they weren't nice people. And for those young (laughs) race car drivers, like, winning was the only thing. And there were guys that died all the time on the track. Yeah. And it was just kind of like they didn't care at all. And their drivers, like 
they were going to bring Ferrari up on murder charges. That's how many drivers had died racing for him. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, to have De Niro play him in a film, uh, obviously he's going to be a little older in his life, but I was reading something today where Christian Bale was going to be in it, but he's dropped out of it. Um, but that will be definitely nice to, to see coming out, but especially because, you know, I've read the book. we got a documentary coming in about the subject, and now there's going to be, you know, another movie that is a, a biopic about Ferrari. So, you know, for you car guys out there, 2016 is going to be your year. All right. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up for the night. So uh, we'll probably talk about some more of these in the future. Uh, but that's going to pretty much do it for this episode of Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. I want to thank uh, my co-hosts for tonight. Uh, Anthony, thanks for being here with me tonight. Thank you for having me. No problem. And uh, Rick, thanks for being here again. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All righty. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll start putting together a new show for you guys uh, soon. And uh, until then, uh, take care of yourselves. We'll see you in the future.